Welcome to the Muscle and Mindfulness podcast episode three, I believe this is. Um, and today we are being joined by Nick. How you doing, Nick? Doing good. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you. We're going to go into uh, detail about who Nick is, what he does. I was actually just speaking to him about how we actually come about to doing this uh, today's episode. I literally heard him within the last couple of weeks on another podcast, Dualistic Unity. Um, shout out to them because they really do good content. Listening to that podcast and listening to Nick speak, there's so much about what he said that resonated with me and he spoke a lot of sense. And uh, I just had to get him on uh, my podcast, hence the reason why he's here. So really looking forward to getting into this chat and um, just hearing what he has to say. And I don't doubt that a lot of people listening to this podcast will take a lot of value from it. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to this one. Yeah, me too. Cool. So what I like to do with all of my guests is firstly, just uh, as, as awkward and difficult as it is, I just want to get to know a little bit about Nick, your highlights. So, yeah, can you let everybody know a bit about you, Nick? No, yeah. So I like to describe myself as someone who does things differently. And the reason why I say that is because my whole mission is to just to get people to see the world from a different perspective. So when someone asks me about myself, it's like, well, describing me really depends on the moment, depends on what's going on, who I'm around, who I'm with, how I think I should act would best benefit the situation, just being aware of that. And uh, so that makes me just a little quirky, a little weird, might spice up a situation. I really enjoy like video games, anime, stuff like that, way more than regular TV. I've always been a person that said, why would I watch real people do pretend things when I can watch an animation go beyond limitations? And so that's pretty much like me in a nutshell. I just try to be as random as possible because I feel like we live in a world where it's so easy to put us into boxes. And when you're put into a box, you're pretty much stuck there and people expect you to be that way. And I just enjoy being that unexpected brush of fresh air, fresh air. Nice. And yeah, I've got to say that it's a very unique way of uh, uh, introducing yourself, but I love it. And I agree that a lot of people are so tunnel visioned into normal reality. Uh, that's a great way of uh, introducing yourself. So um, yeah, welcome. Welcome to the show. Um, was you always like this, Nick? Oh, no, 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 no. I was, I call myself like a bona fide people pleaser. And that was all the way up until about like 2019. And so that's when I started to become aware of it, that I was a person who validated myself based on people's thoughts and opinions. So it was more so recently that I started to make this change. Mm. And I think that's something which uh, I resonated with a lot. I was definitely somebody who judged my own self-value based on what other people thought about me. So I would do things which I, which didn't really align with me, but I thought other people would like. And as you can probably guess, and as you probably experienced, this didn't really lead to a, a good quality life or self-fulfillment. Yeah. Is that fair to say that that's the same with you as well? Oh yeah. Yeah. I hit, I hit a couple rock bottom places. Like I used to be a basketball player back in college. And so I wanted to go overseas, go make some money playing basketball. I ended up getting money stole from me and ended up just in a bad situation with my agent. And I was 25 years old, sharing a bunk bed with my 11 year old niece living in my sister's house with no idea what I wanted to do in life. And so that was just like a man, like this is this, my whole life. I tried to play basketball and be this person, be this thing. And now I don't feel like I'm anything at all. 
No one's telling me that I'm okay. No one's telling me that I'm good. I don't have anyone to to pick me up anywhere. And that's when I realized like, yo, it's just me. Like I have to do this for myself. Mm. Mm. And what kind of led you on the path that you're currently on now? Because I'm sure there's tons and tons of um, people who are in similar situations, was feeling down and out. Uh, their dreams didn't, their, their perceived dreams or ambitions didn't amount to anything. And obviously people go the other way and they go hit rock bottom. Uh, they go in all different directions, but it seems like you have a good understanding or you're in a good direct you're going in a better yeah. direction you know what i mean it's difficult to say gotcha. but yeah no i got you <laughs> no yeah um for me i've always been a person that's questioned everything like nothing really has ever made a hundred percent sense to me as why we do things because i've always been like there's other ways to do stuff and so when i finally hit that space where i didn't feel like i could get any lower i was like well why don't i just try the opposite one of those uh, quotes I would use a lot, not even not even aware how powerful it was, but I would just always say like, how can we do the same thing and expect different results, which is the definition of insanity. And so that's pretty much where I was at that point. Like I spent my whole life people pleasing, living for everybody else, trying to make everybody else happy, literally making who I am, my career, well, my perceived career, which was going to be basketball and all this stuff define who I am because it makes everyone around me happy. And when I lost that, it was just like, whoa. Okay, you know, if I got here to this point doing this, I know how my life is going to go as long as I'm people pleasing and living outside of myself. So why don't I just try something different? Like, what is it going to hurt to try the opposite? And that's just what I did. And it just ended up leading to this place. But I'm not going to say like, it was like, oh, I thought this and it changed. It was a consistent battle of self-doubt, um, disbelief. It was just me fighting this me that I created before as I began to make these changes. And that is what's taken two to three years to actually come to fruition. So it's been a, a definitely a journey. So I always like to tell people that it is a journey. Like it's not something that you just, not saying you can't, I mean, everybody's different, but for me, it was a battling back and forth between the comfortability of who I was and the anticipation of who I'm going to create myself to be. Like I see the content that you share on uh, social media. It's very good content to help people, what well, I believe, help them break these patterns or get them to have a better understanding of these patterns uh, is, is that part of what you're trying to do to um i don't know remove the old you and do stuff which is more aligned with the new you 100 uh one thing i realized which is so i do run a company it's called balance period which i basically my brother and i we teach wellness and so i teach breath work and uh, meditation mindfulness things like that and I realized that that was like the biggest aspect of everything for me was to be able to slow things down and to basically kind of just curate my reality, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Did I answer that right? I think I was yeah. going, I was going with it for a second, <laughs> but I have this thing and it happens all the time. So, and I, I'm glad that it did happen here. So I can tell people, I get this, this perception that I'm someone who just, you know, is able to speak and do all this stuff, but I get nervous just like everybody else. Like I'm sweating right now in this moment, as we're talking, no reason to be doing it. It's just something that my body naturally does because it's what I'm used to in my past. And yeah. so when these moments come up, I just want to tell people like, you can still be you, you can still mess up inside your head and do these things. You don't have to judge yourself when you do it. So I did just want to slide that in there because I have, I lost, like completely lost my train of thought while talking. So <laughs> no, that's fine. And that's like, that's brutally honest, but that's the stuff that people need to hear, especially yeah. there's something that I would have loved to have heard ages ago, because 
I always used to have this idea of perfection or how I should be. And then every time that I didn't rise up to this fake standards that no one could achieve, I would judge myself for that. And it's just, there's, it's just not a productive way of living really, is it? No, not, I mean, not at all. And so I remember it now. And so to answer your question about like my, the direction my content is going. Mm-hmm. So I created something I call radical accountability. And basically what that means is everything is 100% my fault. Because what I realized throughout my journey was that a lot of issues that I dealt with was me blaming other people and other things for how I was. But that never changed anything for me. Like, yeah, you feel better in the moment saying, oh, this person did this, so I'm like this. But it was never like a consistent change that I wanted to make. Like, I was still practicing the same habits, thinking the same thoughts. So it wasn't until I was like, you know what? It's radically my fault. Like, this person did this because I chose to go here. If I didn't choose to go here, this would never happen in the first place. So it's not on them. It's on me. And however I chose chose to react to whatever they did. It's on me, not on them, because they don't control me. It's me who's making this choice. And the more I just kept repeating that to myself in my head, which I call like the mindfulness muscle, I started to become more and more aware of that. And so it allowed me to realize like, hey, it's really powerful to just take accountability for everything about who you are and where you are. So I just figured I'd share that with everybody else. For a lot of people, I can imagine that if they started telling themselves, okay, everything is my fault or I'm, I'm accountable for everything, that could be seen as a negative thing. Not at all. What I realized is that when you start to have this battle with yourself, it's kind of like what I talked about earlier with, it's really just your old self in these comfortable ways. Like this, like, so I looked it up scientifically because I do like to add science to the things that I look up. And basically we create neural pathways in our brain. Those are pretty much the habits that we practice every single day. Like our brain is almost like an autopilot mode for us to do stuff. Like when you drive somewhere and forget that you were even driving for a little bit and you end up there like, whoa, how'd I get here? So it's basically like that. And when I realized that I needed to basically change those, I was like, whoa, so changing my habits isn't just switching up what I do. It's literally changing the chemistry of my brain and how I live and think every day. And so it just kind of made it more of like this grand experience of, oh, I'm actually doing like some scientific type stuff in, in my head and things like that. I can imagine this is what how you help your clients as well when somebody yeah. comes into you. I wanted to touch on this because you've mentioned that you have science to back this up. And mm-hmm. I can imagine a lot of people, they can be a bit pessimistic unless there is science backed by it. Are they bought into the process? Yeah, um, so sometimes. I would yeah. say there are those that, especially when I first first got started, it were those people that were skeptical because I didn't have a degree. I didn't go to school for it. So I ended up just really getting on this website called Udemy, shout out to them. And I went and just got some certifications. So I, and it was funny was that as I studied, I did certification in like, I have a master's certification in breath work and another one in teaching mindfulness and life coaching. And so as I did those, I realized like, wow, all these exercises that they're showing me on here, I was already doing that. So it's really just something that, hey, these things can help everybody as a whole. And it's just them experiencing it. And so one way that I say, like, I get people hooked, like I get them to say, like, whoa, I can learn something here is always do like a breath work technique. I do something with the breathing because when I can get people to understand the difference between their sympathetic and their parasympathetic nervous system, that that in of itself can change your life, realizing that you live most of your life in fight or flight, but you can live a restful life when you breathe with intention. We do a lot of work with like teachers and school systems here. 
And so mm. when we get around these teachers who deal with second and third graders all day and I show them this technique and I'm like, now go show your kids. And they'll come back and be like, yo, my whole class just like has calmed down from this breathing. I'm like, yeah, we have the ability to do this all the time. That's a great example of the ripple effect of teaching people these things. Could you uh, talk about other ways which you help your clients and other, have you got any other practices which you usually do? So it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of various breathing techniques. Um, other than that, though, we do have something called the, we call it the balance blueprint. So the company is called balance period. And we basically teach you how to create balance within your life. It's kind of like the overall thing. And the other practices that we do are pretty much like throughout the workbook. So one of them would be, you can write down what you do. So I like to tell people this when you write down what you do on the hour every day for a week. And so when you do that, you now have a measurement tool to understand why I am the way that I am right now, because you can see everything that you do with your time. And so when you have this kind of roadmap in front of you, you now can take the time to change these things up that you do throughout your day so that you can then start to experience a different reality, because all it really is is just changing things up. So it's helping people to do something like if you go to bed at nine, try going to bed at 830. Who knows what that 30 minutes is going to change in your whole entire life. And so it's really just expanding your awareness of the opportunities that you have to experience different things in this journey. Building self-awareness. That's uh, even that just in itself is just a, a, a great way for people to make improvements. Right. Oh, yeah. Part of what I do, um, I'm a transformational coach. I don't know if you've looked much into my Insta Instagram account, but it's all based around body transformation. And um, I think that a lot of the barriers which people have are less to do with practicality and more to do with just their thoughts, their beliefs around their lifestyle and their beliefs around themselves. Uh, one of the quotes that we use is uh, self-awareness is the prerequisite to self-care and self-care is like taking care of yourself, being the best version of yourself. So without any level of self-awareness, I, I feel like it's hard for people to do anything like mm -hmm. to even just to be aware that you are aware that I have this goal, but now you have to be aware that I'm doing all these things in the wrong direction. And that's kind of where, where I would say like radical accountability kind of pops in. Cause it's like, you say you want this, but everything that you do says something opposite. So you can't be upset that you're not getting this because that's not really what you want. I know mm. a big thing that I do is ask, I question people a lot. Like I don't really tell people stuff. I like to question them because I feel like we already know the answers. And so when you ask people just like brutally honest, straight to point questions, like, okay, so why don't you want to do it? And if they say, well, I do want to do it. And you say, well, but you're not doing it. So there's a reason why you're not doing it. And that's what we need to figure out so that you can do it because that's what's stopping you. So I like mm. to keep it real simple too. That's something I've learned a lot recently in my coaching business. Uh, questions are the answers. Yeah. And people, like, like you said, that. people have the answers themselves. It's just about asking them and making sure they can dig it out themselves. But one thing that I struggle with, I would say, is helping people create this, I don't want to say separation or this understanding. Because when it does come to, let's say, okay, you need to wake up earlier if you want to fit your steps in or we need to add vegetables to each of your meals. None of the barriers they have is practical because they mm -hmm. can do this, but it's helping them understand that the reason why they're struggling is because of the beliefs they tell or the things that they tell themselves. 
and it's hard for me to get that across to them. Mm. I don't know if you've had, if you've had uh, similar situations with the people that you coach. Definitely. So that's like one of the biggest aspects of our business that we like have to deal with on a consistent basis. It's mm. realizing it was a big realization for us this year was that what we've created is a solution. Like we can tell people exactly what they can do to create the life that they want to be, who is they want to be. The issue is that people just want to feel good in the moment. We just mm. want to feel good right now. So we'll say things like, oh, I want to lose this much weight and achieve this thing because it sounds good to everybody else. And it sounds good when I say it and it feels good when I say it, but it's not what we really want because all my actions say the opposite. And so what I realized is that when someone really wants to change, they're going to do it. When someone's just saying it to make themselves feel better in the moment, they won't do it. And that's kind of like how I categorize people that I work with. So there are some people that'll be like, you know, yeah, I do want to do this. I want to, you know, write things down be mindful of my breath work but this person still does all the same things and complains all the time so i can't i'm not going to get upset because at the end of the day if you're choosing to make payments to, for me to just monitor you to do the same things to make you feel good dope that's what you choose to do but mm. as soon as you're ready to make these actual changes and live the life you want to live everything is right there for you so i've realized that you gotta let people do it on their own time one thing that I've always loved about like when I read about like Himalayan masters and things like that is that they never really did tell people what to do. They would literally let you be where you are. And I took it as because they realized in themselves that I got to where I am without anyone telling me or making me do anything. It was all my, my choice. So when you're ready to do it, you're going to do the same thing. I think with, with a lot yeah. of people, you can't really do much apart from show them the way and just let yeah. them take their time and do their own thing. No, yeah, because I mean, in the end, that's going to be the best thing for them. Like, I realized that I don't want to work and do do this for my whole entire life. Like, I do want to do it for a certain amount of time and just kind of enjoy the experience. Mm. But I don't want people to become dependent on me. I'm not in this to have people to follow me, to look to me, to how to live your life. I want, if I had the opportunity to create anything as far as a community, I want to create a community of individual independent thinkers. I want people that challenge everything, that think for themselves and experiment and try stuff. Like, I would much prefer to give someone, uh, take someone through a coaching plan and for them to be 100% okay to go off by their self. So that's mm. kind of like how I like to have it. Like you are okay for yourself. I'm just here to show you that you can. I'm an example of what you can do as well. Nice. And that's, uh, um, I can assume that that's part of your coaching plan, right? Is it like a step-by-step -step process which helps them when they come out the other side to be, to manage their results themselves? Yep. So it is a 12 week process and we pretty much take you each week is just a different step. And it's big to like focus on it for the whole week. Cause like we said, we're creating these new neural pathways. So it does take repetition for you to get used to doing something. And so that's pretty much the process that we go through is we take one step at a time. We go through like belief. So we do like self-efficacy. It's one of the first ones that we do. So your belief in your, your, your belief in your ability to succeed. That's how you say it your belief and your ability to succeed to self-efficacy. And then we go down to like self-compassion and love. And so we have exercises for each of these different steps that people can then begin to apply in a way that fits them the best. That's the big thing is that what we have people do the framework, it's not, Hey, do this, this, this way. And this way it's, this is something that you can do, figure out how you can do it. That works best for you. Like for a, a mindfulness practice, it's uh, we have people set like three to seven alarms in your phone to vibrate just so that when it goes off, you can pause and because we don't really do that throughout the day. So it's like little things like that, that just create this ripple effect of creating change in your life. Nice. And I can imagine a lot of these things, which you coach other people to do are things which you've done yourself and found, tried, tried and tested, and you kind of found it 
these are the best ways that you kind of developed over the years as well. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Did it take a lot of trial and error to find what works, what necessarily doesn't, what you should be adding to the plan, what it doesn't really matter? Or? Um, so honestly, not a whole bunch. Like we mm. kind of realize that the self-help is really just general. Like it's, it's all starts inside of your mind. So we just kind of focus things around what we feel like would help people see the world differently. And shout out to my brother, because he is mostly the person that has done like built the plan. But it was just funny that the stuff that he put in it were things that him and I were separately practicing at the same time. So we were like, oh, this must be beneficial. And we both were doing this and didn't know that we both were doing this at the same time. So you're both aligning. You didn't even know. I uh, remember hearing from uh, the other podcast that you tend to be the person who's more outgoing on the social media platforms, more creative, and he's uh, the business savvy techie guy. So we pretty much saw, it's funny because our, our symbol is a yin and yang sign. It pretty much describes us perfectly. So I say I'm more of the, like, I am the most, I say like, I'm extremely, un, I can't say like, I'm not an organized individual. Like I'm not really big into plans. I'm not really big into processes. I like to guess what the experience is going to be and then go experience it and see how it goes and what I can do in that situation he will make sure that he has a process set up for how it's going to go down and what he's going to do and who he's going to be at that time essentially it's the same thing it's just two different ways to do it and that's what we really like about what we do is like for the writing down everything on the hour for the for a week that's all him like that's he loves to measure it measure things to see where he's at and where he's going and then the aspect of taking it to now put it up against oh, I want to be like this, but I'm doing this, this, and that. And that self-awareness part, that's more like where I jump in and talk about. And so that's kind of like how we balance each other out in this. That's nuts. Did you ever think you'd be doing a business like this with your brother? So I did not. It's something that I always wanted. I did because I, I, I just always had this feeling like it would be good for us to do something together. Like we're different, but similar in the right way. And uh, the moment that he asked me, because it was originally his business in the first place. And I was just doing my own thing, like with just meditating and stuff like that on the side. And he was like, do you want to do this with me? And I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Mm, that's wicked. And how long, how long yeah. have you been uh, doing this now? So now we, st so he started in 2018 and I joined him at the beginning of COVID in 2020. And it, so it originally started as personal training. So um, uh, a little bit more of my background, I used to be like a competitive bodybuilder. I was like, I'm 6'3". Right now, I'm like 190. I used to be 270 pounds. And so Ooh. like, I used to be really big into training. Like if you, if you scroll down on my Instagram a little bit further than the top, you'll start <laughs> seeing a bunch of bodybuilding pictures and competition pictures. And so that was like where we originally started with this whole self-awareness thing because we became like aware of our bodies. Nice, nice, nice. What happened with the bodybuilding career? So and I'm going to be, I, I love to talk about this so I can be 100% transparent. Yeah. Um, so I, I burnt myself out. I made it to where how I treated basketball was how I began to treat bodybuilding. Like I found something else to give myself to during that time to like kind of identify with. And I also, I got so tired of like spending so much money on supplements. Like I really took it like I was going to be a professional. And so I was at one point even doing, uh, doing like small doses of testosterone, like towards the end of what I was doing. And it was at that point I realized like, yeah, this is, I'm doing a lot to my body right now. Like, I don't need to do this. Like, I don't want to take the amount of drugs that it would take, need to take to get to that level and nothing against them. It just wasn't for me at the time. And I didn't want to put myself through it. And so I just kind of stepped away from it. And then that was kind of like, oh, I can cultivate my mind the same way that I cultivate my body. And yeah. I always like talking about this stuff because there are 
it's funny because any show or any time I talk to anyone that asks me about my journey, it's always a little bit different when I explain it because there are so many spots or moments in our life where we have these sudden bursts of awareness that we don't realize it until we actually look back and reflect on it. I did not know about the bodybuilding thing. I need to go and check out that content. Yeah, if you scroll down, you'll see it. I was on there. I'm talking about two to three. I was working out. I would do like 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., go to work, work out during my lunch, and then do a cardio session at nighttime. Like That was like my, my regimen. Yeah. Okay, cool. Wow. That's, uh, that's good. That's good to know. Cause I didn't know that about you, but, um, I'm sure a lot of listeners, especially being in the fitness industry will definitely resonate with that and, um, have similarities. So you decided to stop pursuing that when you found out if I'm going to take this seriously, it's going to seriously damage my health. Yeah. So, I mean, and I, I can't say that a hundred percent would have, but I just didn't want to take the risk. Like mm. number one, I got tired of poking myself. Like it just wasn't like, I was like, respect to people that do this. It's just not for me. Okay. Fair enough. And I, I and I personally have no issue switching up what I'm doing in my life. Like that was something that after basketball I did, I was, a, I've been a professional model and actor I've done. I've uh, been a manager for companies like managed people I've done my own stuff with my brother now i've done door-to-door sales like i really did explore like what i would want to do with my life throughout that time so it was just been a journey of just figuring things out and it reminds me of the content piece that you've made about starting you again starting over again i've seen on your page yeah okay cool you really have uh, stopped and start but it's good though because you've experienced loads of cool things man that a lot a lot oh, of yeah. people just probably get into the mindset of this is what I'm doing. I've invested this much time into it. There's no point in not doing it anymore. But you are just a, a good example of how you can actually do really good switching things up. Yeah, and, yeah. And that's that's the that's the thing is that, and I call it living life from the outside in. Like it's just it's the exact same. Like there's really no difference between anything that we do outside of ourselves to make ourselves feel good. So whether we use mm-hmm. our job, the amount of money, whatever it is, it's all the same thing because we don't have any control over it. So you're going to have these high ups and really, really low lows. And you're gonna deal with a lot of stuff throughout that journey. And I've always just found this is more beneficial to go from the inside out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I completely agree. Because I, I did have this moment of clarity thinking this, these muscles are just gonna help me cover up something which I kind of lack within myself. And I've realized that a lot of my I would say goals or a lot of my materialistic pursuits or the things that I think I need all stem from a place where I think I'm not enough myself. I think once I realized that it became clear to me, okay, you know what? I probably shouldn't go down that route. So you're basically, I, I always tell people you're basically a superhero. Like there is the nerves, no weight in the gym that I didn't feel like I couldn't pick up. Like I was deadlifting 500, squatting 415, not even like to build my body anymore. I just felt like I'm just a beast in here. I just feel good. Like you just have this burst of confidence and kind of jumping back to the scientific aspect. It just comes from this sudden burst of testosterone that you have. So now that you have more of this male hormone, you feel more confident. But like you were just saying that coming off of it part, I dealt with the craziest depression after doing these things and i even took like a pct cycle i cycled off of it so i took the steps to cycle off to where i was basically i was doing the most healthiest thing possible but to then go to the gym you can't lift the same weights that you could lift you might have lost maybe eight to ten pounds of water and some muscle throughout yourself coming off of it so now you look significantly smaller than what you did and if your whole reason for doing it was to please other people to look good to have people say oh you're killing it looking good to do those things now you're not that person anymore 
now you're going to fall into that hole and realize ain't nowhere else to go but inside because I'm not who I was anymore on the outside. That's just something that I really think stopped me from pursuing that as well. Definitely. And then kind of like what you were talking uh, to what you were talking about earlier with um, having people who, man, how'd you put it? I'm trying to how you put it real quick. It's one of the first things that you talked about when we were talking about this subject with uh, taking it. I remember it's taking it. It'll come back to me. It, it, was, it was something about when you were talking about first getting into it. Obviously, you're into your training. Uh, I can imagine that you're you're still heavily focused around improving your health and a healthy diet and things like that. Is that fair to assume? Yep. Is that is that a, a big part of uh, your coaching as well, helping people improve their diet? Um, so I it's not like really a focus on it. We do recommend resources to people, so like getting a nutrition or providing them a resource that they can use. Ours is more, so I would say, more mentally. We feel that translates into the physically and stuff like that. And so I would say that more so is the the direction of it. Now, personally, I do. I, I'm a big time. I'm really into fasting now. So I'm really big on trying to get my body to operate at the optimum level. So I do a, a lot of body weight stuff, a lot of band things. Because, I mean, I'm 32 years old now. I just want to be as flexible and as agile and as active as I was when I was 20 moving forward. A much more sustainable and long-term yeah. approach to your training and nutrition. Definitely. Cool. Uh, something that I also wanted to ask is I can imagine you're somebody who is into developing his knowledge, especially when it comes down to all of the stuff you help people with. What kind of, where would you say most of your attention or focus goes into when it comes to your own educational development? hundred percent into myself. I am very, I used to be very critical of myself and now I say I'm very more analytical of myself. So instead of criticizing everything that I do, I kind of just break it down and get to the root of why I'm doing these things. Again, everything that we do is just the habits that we practice every day. When you can figure out why you're practicing this habit, it makes it a little bit easier to change it. And so what I realize is when I do all these things for myself, when I make it to where my focus is building up myself, it makes it so much easier for me to be what other people need me to be to help them out. Mm. And that's been the biggest takeaway that I've got from this whole journey is that as long as I'm taking care of right here, that makes the whole world around me better. And that's just what I try to get other people to kind of see for themselves. Like when you're good, I promise you everything and everyone around you is good because you realize how much control you have over yourself in every moment that you're in. That's so cool, man. I was expecting, I've asked other people and they say, oh, I'm really into like learning this, but self is really is about self-awareness on a day-to-day -day basis. Asking if you do have certain reactions or thought patterns or anything like that, just, or to dig deeper into that and read and yeah. like, yeah. yeah, you just kind of it's just I really like it's really big to question myself, like really big on and brutally honest and brutally honest questioning myself just so that, you know, I don't hold anything back. And mm. if we actually want to make these changes and that's just a part of that process is just being 100 percent real with yourself, because like I said, when you can do it with yourself, you can do it with everybody else, because a reason why it's hard for us to, quote unquote, be ourselves around other people is because we don't accept ourselves and want them to accept us. So when you can accept yourself for where you are you're already going to feel accepted when you go out here because you're not looking for it. You've already made it in this space. Mm, I like that, man. I really do like that. And I think a lot of people would um, benefit from obviously doing that, especially me five years ago, man. <laughs> that, that's um, always how it is. We're always helping our past self. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Exactly that. Man, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, like, I don't doubt that I'm going to be in contact with you moving forward or just checking out your content or just 
really following your journey. And uh, so it's been really cool to talk to you. I'm going to ask you a question, which I ask everybody that comes into my podcast. If there was one tip, one thing that you could give to the listener to uh, practice, uh, what would that be? Man, be kind to yourself. Seriously, like I, I don't think we realize how critical we are, how much we use things outside of ourselves to validate ourselves. Like we put ourselves kind of like you said earlier, we live in a perpetual state of our sympathetic nervous system all the time. And if you can just take the time to tell yourself, like I said in my video, it's okay to not be okay. I'm okay. You know, things don't always have to be exactly how I envision them in my mind. And you start to kind of encourage yourself on a consistent basis. Like if you even pick up the process of, oh, I quote unquote messed up doing something, it's okay, you'll do better next time. And you can hold that and be kind to yourself in that, you're gonna experience a completely different world because you're no longer gonna be this person who's critical of everybody else. You'll be the person telling everybody it's okay, you'll be good because you've already been telling it to yourself. Another example of the ripple effect, right? Yeah. Yeah, good man. All right, thank you for that. And thank you for your time as well. This has been a, a great chat, man. No, thank you. I, I've enjoyed it.